Hi, I'm Nancy Dufresne. Welcome to our podcast channel. We know you'll be blessed by today's message. Hallelujah. Oh, give the Lord a big God bless you. Come on. Oh, oh, oh. Come on. Hey! <laughs> Woo, what a blessing of the Lord. You may be seated if you can, and if you can't, stand up. I don't care. Because I'm going to stand up, so I don't see why you can't stand up. It's such an honor and a pleasure to be here, and I mean that sincerely. Uh, I met Nancy. We, I, I've seen her before, and, and that's about it, but uh, got to talk to her a little bit at the uh, Victorathon. And, uh, and I was really impressed by the words that the Lord had spoke through her. And it's such an honor to be here. And I mean that sincerely. I got several good friends here and things of that nature. And I can't thank you enough. I got my good friend, Ray Jean. Thank you, Ray Jean. You're a blessing of the Lord. One day I'm going to be able to sing like Ray Jean. I, I'm believing. I'm believing. Come on. Some of y'all didn't believe that, did you? <laughs> but God has been so good and gracious. And I am so glad that Catherine came with me because normally I'm traveling. She takes care. She's the pastor of the church. You ever thought your wife would be your pastor? <laughs> That's the craziest thing in the world. She said, do you need any counsel? I said, no, no, I need no counsel. <laughs> I said, whose name's on your check? But anyway, it didn't work. <laughs> it didn't work. <laughs> Praise God. I tried to make it work. It didn't work and everything. But I appreciate you allowing me. And I, because when you stand behind someone's pulpit, this is the holies of holies. And I hate to say this, but a lot of traveling speakers got this kind of air about them. Let me bless you with, your, with my presence. Well, you could have stayed home, sucker. You could have stayed home. I need you to bless you with your presence. What you talking about? Now, I, I'm, I'm a little different. I'll have to say something, you're going to freak. But I'm flying out, so you ain't got to worry about it. I've got it. <laughs> okay. But God has been so good and gracious, and we had just a wonderful time. And uh, I just feel the Spirit of God, the, the, the wonderfulness. I, I want every minister and minister's wife to stand up. Would you do that? Look at this, my God. My Lord, how can they heal unless they have a preacher? There's no way you can get laid off. It is impossible. You may be seated. I just wanted to look at you. We are of like precious faith. And that's a wonderful thing. And I mean that sincerely. What I like about Nancy, she gives you the pulpit fast, don't she? Lord Jesus. A lot of places like to showcase the church. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't want to showcase it. Nothing wrong with that, but I'm just saying it's just such an honor. Uh, Nancy, if you don't mind, could uh, you give Kathy that mic? I want her to come up and say something. Uh, this is my wife, Kathy, of 51 years. Give Kathy a hand clap. Thank you. And, and thank you, Jesse, for letting me come. Oh, I appreciate that. That's a blessing. <laughs> Hitched a ride on the plane. He didn't know I was coming until this morning, but it's such an honor for me to be here. I've been looking forward to it. Just have admired you, Nancy, from a distance and... It's just a special time. I love what you said about Mary and Elizabeth, because I know that divine connections are so important. You know, that God connects us on purpose for his purpose. And when I think back of all the wonderful divine connections that God has placed in my life, Amen. It just, I'm just in awe of it. And I, th I think that we're all here for a divine purpose. And we're so honored to be part of this wonderful conference and see all what God is doing. And I have great expectations for this year ahead. Amen. Amen. You know, the Lord spoke this scripture to me for 2022. It's John 2022. And it's just after he had told his disciples he had resurrected. And he said, you know, uh, the, the, my, just as the father sent me, I send you. 
in the same way, with the same anointing, with the same ability. And so this is what he's telling his disciples in the very next verse, John 20, 22, says, and he breathed on them. Oh, glory. And he said, receive the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is, is what we need today in Hallelujah. such a great way. Amen. And when the Holy Spirit breathes on that word that God has given us, that special word in the Bible or a special word from heaven for us, it just unlocks everything. And uh, there's divine explosions, I believe, that are taking place tonight. And just expect it. I know. And it's so good to see you, uh, Andrew and Elizabeth out there. So good to see you guys. I'm seeing just a few too, but it's a special. I'm sorry for that interruption. I just, I just usually see their little newsletter. They're the missionaries to China, I think, huh? And so Asia, and uh, so I see their little newsletter, just little notes here and there, but I'm so glad to see them here. And God is so good, and I know you got a great message. I don't want to take well, all your time. Thank you, thank you, I appreciate it. Give the man a hand clap. <laughs> no, I appreciate it. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I was about ready to go sit down myself, you know what I'm saying? Which is okay. I've learned that women are not the weaker sex. That's a lie from the pits of hell. You know it. I mean, I can prove it to you. If you go to a mall, first thing you walk into is women's perfume, women's shoes, women's clothes. Where's the men's section? It's back on the left-hand side by the bathroom. Is that right? Because they know men ain't got no money. That woman controlling everything. Glory to God. But I'm so glad she told me this morning, my God, she said, I'm going to California with you. I said, praise God. Now, we've been running like doing television just about all day long. I said, well, great. What a blessing of God. She said, but you got to get me back fast. I said, I'll get you back fast. Praise God. That's all right. But God has been so good. So once again, I can't thank you enough. And uh, yes, we watched it. Uh, y'all did one of my books in, in foreign languages, right? Hallelujah. And you know, I, I, I'm on broadcast television uh, on, uh, on ABC, CBS, NBC, Fox. PBS, oh Lord, all a bunch of them. And, uh, and uh, a lot of people think when it's overseas that I can speak these languages. <laughs> so what I do, it costs me $300 a program. I have them match my lips, like, like the movies. I said, because instead of trying to just read the crawler or something like that, I said, match my lips. So I'm in Italy or I'm in Russia, and they start coming up to me, talking to me, and I'm going, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> just smile, and because uh, I don't know any of them languages, <laughs> you know? and uh, but it's just so much fun, and it's just such a blessing. I enjoy being saved, and uh, I, I, I just I have not lost that passion. I got born again in a bathroom in Boston, Massachusetts, in 1974. Uh, about ready to do a rock show, and I mean when I mean heavy rock show, I mean I worked with the big boys back in the late 60s, 70s, Led Zeppelin, Alice Cooper. Uh, ZZ Top. Nah, 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 nah. Look at these old people. Yeah, man. Some of the black people, Billy Preston, you know, oh, Lord. And all that kind of stuff. But when I got born again, and I, if you don't like the way you was born, try it again. And it's, better the second, it's better the second time around. There won't be nobody hang you upside down and slap you for it, neither. But I didn't know anything about salvation. Didn't know anything. I was raised Catholic. Anybody have been raised Catholic? Oh, yeah. And I, that's all I knew was a nomine patria fili. They spit it through something, you know. <laughs> I said this in the back. How many of you are Catholic? Hold your hand up. All right. Put your hand up. How many went to confession? Put your hand up. How many of you told the truth? 
<laughs> so, uh, man, you, you lie like a dog in a confession book. And for you Protestants, the reason why you're trying to get out with three Hail Marys and three Our Fathers. You don't want to show up with a rosary because you're going to be a long time there making that penance and stuff like that. But when I got born again, didn't know how to pray a salvation prayer. Why am I saying this, Lord? He said, just say it. That's okay. And uh, I, didn't know, I didn't know how to pray, believe with your heart, confess with your mouth. Jesus, we, we didn't read the Bible until we after got saved. Now, I knew some Bible stories like David and Goliath, you know, stuff like that. And, uh, I, and it was through Billy Graham's ministry. And I didn't know what to say. I didn't know what to do. I knew something was going on. And, you know, I had the head on the head, the makeup, you know, and, uh, and I had a body in those days. You, you got to see it by faith, but I did. I mean, I mean, you couldn't grab my skin, boy. I tight. Oh, Lord. And, man, I'd go out there and hit that get the, and girls screaming, and that was your grandma doing that. <laughs> your grandma. <laughs> Mick Jagger's hair is the same color as mine. You understand what I'm saying? And all that kind of stuff. I didn't know how to pray. I didn't know what to do other than Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed are thou among women, bless the fruit of thy womb, Jesus, Holy Mary, Mother of God. Pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Because, boy, you, you can still quote it. They put that in you down deep. Our Father, who art in heaven, I be thy name, thy kingdom come, that will be done. You say it real fast, you know, because you're trying to get out. And I didn't know. I, I, I didn't know what to pray, so I said, to myself, looking at myself in the mirror, uh, whatever Billy said, I got born again. Whatever Billy said, so I, I, what a great man of God he was. And he's such a blessing. How many people brought your Bibles or your iPads or your telephones and all those kind of things? Would you turn to it? Oh, today to the book of Mark chapter one. Come quickly. Uh, I forgot about that real quickly. Uh, Mark chapter one, I brought some material. Uh, I've heard it all. It's very good. <laughs> this here I wrote many, many years ago. I've had 12 best-selling books. Uh, I mean, done very, very, very well. And this was in hardcover. They put it in a paperback. It's called Breaking the Power of Natural Law. So you got to understand something about healing. Because uh, 1 Peter 2.24 will work every time, not some of the time. But what you got to understand, the reason why you get sick and you can be full of faith is because you live in a corruptible vessel. So it's designed now because of sin to decay. So you have to constantly be putting the word of God in you to keep that thing from going down on you. You see what I'm saying? That's why some people say, yeah, but I'm saved. I'm living for God. How come this thing hit me? Because you're in a, uh, you're in a corruptible vessel. Now, when we get the new body, it's incorruptible. So you don't have to worry about that. But until that time, you have to not only learn how to pray by faith, but you also got to know how to break the power of natural law. That's in your body. It says different things of that nature. I hope you can get this. It will help you and minister to you. Um, I mean, and I really like the color of that thing. Ain't that thing pretty? Praise the Lord. It, it, it will bless you because you do more than just praying, which you need to. But you, now you got to do some natural things. You see, because this body just functions that way. That's back there if you'd like to get that. And then this, everybody ought to have this. It's a new DVD. It's called The Secret Place. Not where you go and pray. I shocked you there. No, where you go and have conversation. Hello, Jesus. Hi, Jesse. The reason why people don't hear God's voice, they pray. Oh, Jesus. And when you're praying, you know me asking for something. And, he, and, and after you finish, Jesus get up and walk out. And he goes, I, I was about ready to say something. But you see, you, when you have conversation, when you talk to God, and revelation comes to you. Just, and, and he'll talk about some of the, just the, 
funniest things. It's just truly amazing. See, a lot of people know about God, but they don't know God. They have relationship, but not fellowship. You see, they don't understand that God will talk to you all day and all night in conversation. That's what you got to understand and know. Andrew Warmack said, I love the way Jesse talks to God and how God talks. I said, it's not about praying. And you need to pray. Don't misunderstand. But what I'm saying is conversation. Hey, Jesus, what are we going to do today? This is a new DVD. It's back there. That'll help you. And then I preached this. I had a, I do themes and I did this, what, two or three years ago on your everything is just anything. Now I want you to listen to me. What the church world is preaching, the, the secular church world, is not right. You know, if prosperity is so bad, then how come they receive offerings? And if poverty is so wonderful, why are you living in a house? Why don't you go live under an overpass? Y'all got a bunch of them in California. Gee, how silly and stupid that is. What are you going to do when you get to heaven? What are you going to do when you get to heaven? And you're going to see gold streets and diamond, barrel, jasper, onyx, ruby. What you going to tell Jesus? No, Jesus. No, Jesus. This ain't right. We from Temecula. You got a trailer? Don't get mad at me now. Lord Jesus, I don't know what Temecula's got. I just heard that name. No. No. In my father's house are many what? His will be done where? Why aren't you living in a mansion? Why aren't you living in a mansion? Church world don't want you to. Secular world don't want you to. Jesus don't care. On your best day, you can't impress him with your wealth. Your everything is his anything. He said, ask anything in my name. That's St. John 14, verse 14. What does anything mean to you? Don't shout me down. Listen, I can, t- I can tell what he hears. Here we go. Uh, uh, amen. That's why you struggle. When are we going to believe this word of God? I mean, how long does it got to take? That's back there if you'd like to get that. Anything else? And this here. Oh, Lord Jesus. I probably have sold 400,000, maybe half a million of these. And, you know, according to God's word, when you give, you ought to be so blessed, you don't know what to do with yourself. How many of you are tithers? All right, put your hand up. How many of you have enough room to receive? Put your hand up. Don't lie. That shouldn't be. According to the scripture. He said, Malachi, I'm, he said, we, will a man rob God? Let me answer that. Yeah. Can you do it in a second? How have you robbed me, tithing offerings? It's amazing. He said, bring all the tithe to the storehouse that it be meat in my house. Watch this. Prove, prove it now. Here it saith the Lord of hosts. If I not open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, there shall enough, not be enough room to receive it. How many of you have room to receive? No lie. Lift your hand up. That shouldn't be. Not that you're doing something wrong. There's four types of giving in the Bible. Only four. I've had people from Cape Town, South Africa to Beijing, China, and all points in between say, this is the only thing on giving that ever worked for me. Why is it my giving working? Because we mix things, there's four types of giving. There's the tithe, there's the first fruit, there's the alms, and there's the seed. Each one of them have different ways of working. You see what I'm saying? Different ways of working. And when you understand that, what that means, See, and the reason why you, 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 you ever had people say this, I'm going to take a portion of my tithe and give it to that missionary. Ah, 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 you done jacked up. Not that the missionary don't 
need money. I'm not talking about that. But see, you broke something that should not be broken. Me and Kathy keep these four things constantly exactly the way it is. And we're so blessed. I've been preaching 46 years and I've never had a financial deficit. And I've had the biggest, and I mean, it's private. I preach the biggest preacher in the world. How do you do that? I didn't believe for it. Boy, you know, when you go on the mess, you better get ready for this and that. I said, well, that's not what Jesus said. I mean, did Jesus ever have a, a financial deficit? Watch this. Did Peter, Paul, James, John, I call them the teaching apostles. Now I'm going to shock you when I say this. I don't follow Paul's teaching on money. Why? Because he had financial deficit. And he tells us why. Because he was always making the excuse. They tried to bless him. I, I work with my own hands. Okay, good. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, and I'm not worried that they latch the shoelaces of the apostle Paul. But I noticed something about Jesus. I noticed it early, early. He never struggled. And the Bible says in Ephesians 5, 1, be you therefore imitators of God. I said, well, if he ain't gonna struggle with money, I'm not struggling with money. And I never have. This will sell out for you. It will help you. It's the four types of giving. Why isn't my giving working? It should be working. That's back there. Avail yourself to the book and resource table if you so desire, and God will richly bless you. Mark chapter one. I like the old King James version because it's so poetical. I want to deal with something I've been preaching and this is not the theme that I have for 2022, but I love this message. And as I was coming over on the plane tonight, he said, I want you to preach this. I said, all right. Uh, uh, you know, and I learned how to preach a ser sermon over from Kenneth Hagin and Kenneth Copeland. I didn't even know who those guys were. In fact, when I first started preaching for Brother Copeland, he preached the same sermon. I said, uh, Kenneth, you know anything different? <laughs> I told him that. He said, well, when you get this one, I'll change it. I said, okay, I got it. I understand that. So listen, I just never know because you can hear it a thousand times, get something new out of it. I love Mark's gospel. Mark chapter one. I want to start reading with verse 14. Now, after that, John was put in prison. Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. Now, what is the kingdom of God? Kingdom of God is a method. Kingdom of heaven is a place. Can't mix up the two. A lot of people do. Kingdom of God is a method of God's way of doing and being right. Go read about it. It's in Matthew 6. The kingdom of heaven is a place. Vast difference between the two. Okay. And saying the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God, or God's way of doing things is at hand. So repent ye and believe the gospel or believe the good news. Verse 16. Now, as he walked by the sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea for they were fishers or fishermen. And Jesus said unto them, Come ye after me, and I will make you become fishermen of men. See, God wants us to be fishers of men, not keepers of aquariums. See, what the church world has done is become a keeper of an aquarium. You know, and we use the policy of isolation, which we should never use. No, in other words, you ought to preach more than just to the word of faith. I had Brother Copeland tell me one time, he said, my God, I've never seen anybody cross the denominational barrier like Jesse. I preach in Catholic churches. I preach in Protestant churches. I preach in Presbyterians, Episcopalian, Presbyterian, Church of God, Church of Christ, Word of Faith, Church of God, a prophecy in Christ. Well, I can preach like a black man. Oh, and the Lord said, if you walk with me, oh, I can do it, sir. I'm, oh, yeah, I'm at, you know, when you've been preaching, you just got to do that. But I realized something. I prefer to preach to the word of faith. Why? That's, that's, that's us. 
But I go into places, they go, give an altar call, they go, what's that? I don't use the policy of isolation because the gospel is a gift of mercy and it must be preached to all people. You see what I'm trying to say? So when you understand that God's word will work for you, he said, I'll make you fishermen instead of keepers of aquariums. You see, and, so, and we have that today, you know, I have this big church and blah, blah, this, and, but my four no more and, you know, crazy stuff like that. When the world's dying and going to hell, I have to say this, this is not part of the message. It's, it's my theme that I'm um, using this year. And the Lord was talking to him. I had my conversation going. I said, I said, you know, I said, Jesus, you don't know when you're coming. He said, that's right. Only my father knows that. And he said, do you know why? I said, well, not really. He said, because if I did, I'd tell you. <laughs> I tell my people Thursday, two o'clock. <laughs> Only the father knows that. Because he knows Jesus tells us. Jesus loves us so much. It's, it's amazing. He just tells us. Now, you got to know the difference between the father's voice. Like, this is just a little hors d'oeuvre. This is something different. The Lord just told me to say this, then I'll get to this message. You got to know the difference between the father's voice, Jesus' voice, and the Holy Spirit's voice. Very similar, yet totally different, and then your spirit voice. So you know when the Father's talking to you. See, Peter did not know that. Jesus, at whom the men say that I am? Some say you're Jeremiah, some say you're Elias. He said, Peter, who do you say I am? He said, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus said, flesh and blood had not revealed that to you, but my heavenly Father. You see, he had heard the Father's voice but he didn't know it. You got to know the difference. They three, yet they won. You understand what I'm saying? So when you understand that, it's amazing how you can flow the differences between those voices and how they function and operate in your life. So he said, I'm going to make you fisher, fishermen of men, not keepers of aquarium. I keep saying that because that is what has happened to Christianity. He got, Jesus never came to produce Christianity. He came that you might know the Father. He loves his dad. See, and he wants us to know. And watch this, of, of the Trinity, thank you, Holy Ghost, of the Trinity, the only one that ever touched sin was the son. The father cannot look at sin, turned his back, Jesus on the cross. Cannot. The Holy Spirit cannot. Purity. Jesus became sin. He was not a sinner. He was made sin. He was not a sinner. He never committed sin. You were made righteous. You never were righteous. Yeah. See, people don't understand that. That's the problem. They think that when we say Jesus went to hell, Jesus just as an old sinner. No, Jesus never was a sinner, but he was made sin. He let sin touch him. So in essence, he knows something the Father doesn't. He knows something that the Holy Spirit doesn't. Why? So we could get born again. I told him that today coming over. I said, Jesus... I want to thank you for letting the Gentiles come in. I said, you know, nothing against your biological family, but I'm glad they rejected you because I wouldn't have had a chance. I preach in Jewish synagogues. And one of the biggest Jewish synagogues in Boston. And this rabbi loves me. He says, you say such interesting things. I would like you to speak. I said, now, rabbi, you know I'm a Christian. Yes. I said, well, you know, can I say Jesus? He's, can I use Jesus' name? He goes, not too much. Not too much. 
It's hilarious. <laughs> so what I preached was on the God of Abraham. Oh, they loved it. And then we was talking about it. He said, it was so good. I said, you know, Jesus is Jewish, Rabbi. You know that? He said, yeah. I said, what's the matter? You don't like your own people? He said, that's what I'm talking about. You say such interesting things. I have an open, an open invitation. Why? I won't use the policy of isolation. That's for you to keep in your mind. Now I want to get into this. He said, I'm going to make you fishermen of men. And I'm going to just do a little teaching, do some different things. I want you to write this down. The title of this message is expansion, the breath of Christianity. Expansion. You have to be growing daily, not just Sunday. See, if you have a baby and that's the most wonderful thing in the world is to have a child. But if that baby's not growing, something's wrong. Now, I love for them to stay babies, but they can't. They have to grow up just like you do. Expansion. We must expand spiritually, physically, and financially. Now, you can double every year if you want. Now, I've said this many times. I'm going to say it again. I want to look at me. I want to say, do you know why you, you need some money? Do you know why you need money? Because you don't know how much you want. You just know how much you need. See, you know how much you need. Oh, Lord, you can tell you. But you don't know what you want. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And Kathy used to tell me, Jesse, you never ask God for a need. And I never will. Yeah. It's a waste of spiritual energy. Come on. Why? Because he said he'd supply. How many need? All. How many need? All. How many need? All. How many need? Lord. <laughs> so I don't tell him what I need. I tell him what I want. Yeah. Is the Lord your shepherd? Yeah. Is the Lord your shepherd? Yeah. Is the Lord your shepherd? Yeah. Then you shall not want. When when we gonna get this? So I don't tell God what I need. I tell Him what I want. That's greed. No, no, no. That's growth. If you tell your husband what you need for Christmas, you gonna get a vacuum cleaner. That's true. And that ain't for you. That's for the house. You tell him what you want. When I ask Kathy for something, tell me what you want. Why do people struggle? See, the church has preached that. Oh, no, you can't. No, no, because you're allowed to get greedy. Why are they judging you for what they do? I want to talk about expansion, the breath of Christianity. Write this down if you're taking notes. An expanded life is clarified by a vision of transform values. An expanded life is clarified by a vision of transformed values, vitalized by larger motives, vitalized by larger motives and deepened by wider horizons. Now, since Brother Copeland's here teaching, I'll do a little teaching tonight. You know, an expanded life is clarified by a vision of transformed values. See, when you got born again, your values will transform. So they must be transformed daily, not just Sunday. I have a hard time sinning. I got to make myself. I got to get in the flesh. But if I crucify the flesh daily instead of Sunday, I don't fulfill that. And I ain't the ugliest man in the world. I get hit on every once in a while. Can you believe it? I'm 72 years old. And women, they don't want me. They say, he got money. They right. Yeah, they right. 
But that ain't my money. That's Kathy's money. <laughs> and she ain't giving it to no little hussy. She don't want them hussies, boy. <laughs> See, that's a transformed value. An expanded life is clarified by a vision of transformed values. Then it's vitalized by larger motives. In other words, your motive becomes larger and bigger. And then it's deepened by wider horizons. So there's nothing you can't do. Jesse, the planners will never tell you you can't do something. Because the Bible said you can do how many things? All things through Christ who strengtheneth you. Do you see that? Now, when we understand these things, all this trouble we're having, we'll just go by the wayside. Do you ever have any trouble? All the time. I got all kinds of challenges. Who cares? I don't care. Well, I read the end of the book. I win. I've won. But what do you think about the politics? What do you think about Biden? Nothing, because he don't remember what he said. (laughs) Nothing. I don't mean that to be rude. I don't mean that to be rude. Don't misunderstand. He don't know what he's talking about. Somebody need to take that man home. What's wrong with his family? You can see it. Now, at one time, a very sharp mind. Very sharp at one time. He's losing it. Who really is the president of the United States? Who is controlling the strings? Y'all know anything about the mafia? The black hand. I was raised by La Cosa Nostra. You understand on the city of New Orleans, you do what you gotta do. Where's Fred? Now you laugh about that, but that's how I was raised. And there's been times when people have made me so mad, I said, Jesus, I can handle this. I know what to do. Like my grandfather used to say, alligators got to eat. Now you laugh, but he's serious about that. I know he buried people in the swamp. I know it. It's a fact. You don't want that kind of horizon. See, An expanded life is clarified by a vision of transformed values. I love that. Then it's vitalized by larger motives and it's deepened by wider horizons. So every day I deepen my horizons. Lord, what will thy have me to do? You see, we should not only be making a living, but we should be making a life. See, instead of making a living, how about making a life? You see, I want the people to see the God in me because the only Jesus some people may ever see is the Jesus in you or the Jesus in me. I'm not talking about religion here. Religion is a theological wilderness. It's a garden of weeds. It'll choke you. But to know the Lord, not just believe it. I believe in confession, but a lot of times people confess, trying to convince themselves it's true. I'm believing, I'm believing, I'm believing, I'm believing. I'm believing, 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 I'm believing. I think I'm believing. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm trying to get this thing to work. Paul said, you got to get, I quit believing years ago, ladies and gentlemen. I got to a point of knowing. I know in whom I have believed. Then I'm persuaded that he's able to keep what I commit to him. Not what I take from him, what I commit to him. See, you got to learn to enter into the rest. You're waiting for the rest to enter into you. It don't work that way. The rest, the rest will not enter in you. You have to enter into it. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? 
That's what I'm talking about. Don't worry about money. God's not broke. He's Jewish. Far from broke. We should not only be making a living, but we should be making a life. You see what I'm saying? Write this down. Heaven's air must be breathed through our daily labor. You know, I was telling uh, Nancy's uh, son, they picked me up at the airport. This is where I was totally wrong. I'm 72 years old. <laughs> and my grand, you know, when you're a teenager, my, my granddaughter's going to be 14. I only have one daughter and one granddaughter. Wonderful. She says, no, you're not grandfather. You're 72 and a half. You know, you like to put the half. I'm 13 and a half. You know, I said, OK, I got it. I got it. Now, and we, we, so she just looks at me and I have I, she's 14. We're going to be 14 in March. And I've never told her no. Not once. Jody, my daughter, she just made 50. And I've never told her no. Not one time. Kathy has. <laughs> because I'm a wimp. I'm not good at that. I'm not good at that. So Jody told me the other day, Dad, you never tell Meredith. Her name is Meredith Margot Walker. I call her Eminem. I said, hey, Em. She said, Dad, you never tell her no. I said, I don't know how to do that. I'm not good at that. Let her talk to her Mimi or you. I said, I never told you no. And Jody was freaking out about making 50. She said, Dad, can you believe you got a daughter that's 50, that just made 50 years old? I said, yeah, I was there when you was born. <laughs> I paid for you. I got you out of the hospital. I said, what are you worried about that? I'm 72. She said, but Dad, you looked old all your life. I said, well, thanks a lot. Oh, she said, no, Dad, I didn't mean it that way. I said, yeah, you meant it that way. She said, she said no, your hair has been, what, gray and white since I'm 30 years old, you know? And I know it's going down. Yeah. Everything, look, see, it's going down. It is. I know it is. I don't care. It's going down. So what are you going to do? Look at this thing. I can put it in my collar. Look. See? I, mean, I took I took a shower this morning and my belly button so deep when I leaned over water fell out my belly. I said, Jesus, look at this. This is ridiculous. But I don't care. It's going south. I was preaching. Y'all know Jim Willoughby? I don't know if Jim's a great guy. Uh, and uh, I was preaching for him and there was two, uh, a couple very well dressed on the second row. This is several years ago. Uh, what's the name of that town? Uh, Oh, I can't remember where, uh, where, where his church is. Ontario. Ontario area. Watch it. So I went back to the speaker's room and Jim says, hey, there's, there's, these people in your party, they'd like to meet you and say hi. Do you mind? I said, no, come on in. So they come in. I said, hello. And I, they said, we really love you, brother Jesse. I said, well, thank you. It's a blessing. They said, you know, we are um, uh, plastic surgeons, both of us. I said, oh, you are. And they said, and you need some work. <laughs> I said, yes, I do. I said, but you see that line right up there? That's where I made my first hundred dollars. You saw that one? You see this one right there? That's where I made my first million. You see this in here? Where I made my first hundred million. I said, no, no. Do you think I need work? No, you don't need no work. <laughs> They're wonderful. That's what they do. That didn't offend me. In fact, oh, I got, I got chewed out at the Southwest Believers Convention last year. Oh, about this lady come up to him, Brother Jesse. When they say it three times, they want you to make their decision for Brother Jesse, Brother Jesse, Brother Jesse. 
I looked at her and said, what you want, mama? What you want, mama? What you want? She said, do you think it's a sin to get a facelift? I said, no. Is that what you want? No, I said, no. I said, if that's what you want, that's fine. But if you do, do your neck too. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. She went, I said, your face is all right, but the wind's slapping your neck and hitting people in the face with it. That was the problem with Ronald Reagan. His hair was good, his face was good, but his neck slapped Nancy every time he... And they got mad at me. I said, you asked. That's why you got to breathe heaven's air. It must be breathed through our daily labor. Now, I'm very intense in what I believe. Write this down. An expanded life will always bring an intensity of conviction and passion. An expanded life will always bring an intensity of conviction and passion. Let me tell you something about conviction. It doesn't make you feel bad. It's a wonderful thing. It opens your eyes to the truth. Condemnation makes you feel bad. Condition that you low down, dirty dog, you're trash, you're not a mouth and Conviction goes, whoa, Lord, I'm not going to do that no more. It brought truth to you. Yes. See, it doesn't make you feel bad. It opens your spirit, soul, and body to truth. And it has an intensity with it. An expanded life will always bring an intensity of conviction and passion. So I believe the word of God. And, and let me use this as an example. I don't mean this private. I live in a beautiful home. I, I, I live in a mansion. And they're going to probably be talking about me tomorrow. That's okay. I don't care. It'll make no difference. You all hate it, but they all want to walk inside of it. <laughs> it's amazing. I remember uh, uh, Regine came one night, him and Beth. And <laughs> Regine couldn't believe it. He went. <laughs> and then he started walking toward my iron fence all the way so he could, Jesus. That's... Well, I just did it because the Lord told me to. I mean, I could sleep on the floor. I was raised poor. I'm not ashamed of that. I didn't care. I don't care. But the Lord said, build this and no limits. So I did. And I said, why do you want me to do this? He says, I'm going to use this house to provoke people. I said, that's easy for you to say. They don't see you. They see me. I asked him the other day in my conversation. And the Lord said, I want to interrupt you for a second. Why are you still here? I said, what? Now I hear the voice of God like you hear in my voice. Physically, I hit my ears. He said, why are you here? I said, because you hadn't come got us. It's your fault, it ain't mine. <laughs> he said, you know why you're still here? He said, the gospel hadn't been preached to the world. And then Matthew 24, 14 exploded in my mind right there. When are we going to preach this gospel to the world? We only can do it when we get away from the policy of isolation. We preach to everyone. Anytime, anywhere, anyhow. Every available voice, like Brother Corbin said, I say every available outlet, every area. And you know, when you touch this world, they didn't say they have to receive it. See, people waiting for them to receive it. That's their decision, but it must be preached. Once it's preached, the end shall come. Now, I have an intensity of conviction and passion about that. You see, that's what the expanded life is. And can I say it without sounding arrogant? I got to watch what I say because I get it. I went to a mall. I love shopping on, Christ, on Christmas Eve. I go to the mall on Christmas Eve. 
you know, because most people got their stuff, you know what I'm saying? So, and I like the Christmas trees and I like the lights and I love all that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? I enjoy all that. I wrote a book on it's the most wonderful time of the year. And, and it, wasn't, it was, it's about the Christmas story, but it's not about Christmas. What it is, I talked about the characters that God used to get Jesus on the ground. Let me just say that. Jesus would have never been born in Bethlehem. The prophecy would have never happened because you don't take a nine month pregnant woman, put her on a donkey and go 110 miles. It ain't going to happen. She's not going to make it unless Caesar Augustus tell you to do it. Because if you don't, he'll kill you. Why would God use that kind of a man? The unconscious obedience of the unbeliever. God's been telling believers for years to do things. They won't do it. So he'll get a sinner to do it. That's a good book. You ought to get that thing. See, so I made up my mind. Wait a minute. So I, I'm just walking in the mall. So Kathy says, you know, I, me, you know, men walk the mall, women shop. She said, now, Jesse, meet me at this store here at three o'clock. I said, okay. I said, I'm just going to walk the mall. Started out, this mall has a Dillard's. Do y'all have Dillard's? In, yeah. Okay. And I'm going to walk in and the P.F. Chang. They always seem to have them in malls for some reason or another. So I'm going to walk all the way down P.F. Chang's and go all the way down to Dillard's. By the time I got down to Dillard's on one side, I had $14,000 in cash given to me. People I don't even know. You just did a plan. I said, yes, sir. Oh, I, I always wanted to meet you. Here's a hundred dollars. Here's a thousand. Here's five thousand. I had to get a shopping bag. I looked like a drug dealer. I had cash. So I come walking in, I got to the store. I said, Kathy, look at it. She goes, what you do? I said, nothing. She said, you ain't back to that bad life of yours. I said, no, I ain't back to that. I said, no, no. I said, no, I said, I said, walking down, people just giving me money everywhere. $14,000 in cash. She said, what you gonna do with it? I said, I don't know. I know what I'm gonna do. I'll meet you again at four. And I went out and I started eavesdropping. I don't normally do that. And there was this couple. I'll never forget these people. And you could tell they were young, you know, been married maybe a year. Yeah. And, this is, and they were looking in, in, in the what they call, window shopping, I guess you could say, this beautiful dress. And she said, honey, I don't know these people. Honey, look at this dress. Good God, it's beautiful. And the husband said, he must have been maybe 24. She had to probably be 22, something like that. He said, honey, I can't afford that. She said, no, I'm not telling you to buy it. No, no, I'm not saying that. She said, he said, but one day I'll be able to do that. He said, but I can't afford it. I said, excuse me, I can. And they turned around and opened up the bag and said, get you a handful. They said, what? I said, get a handful. The, the dress cost $1,100. I said, don't you want a purse? Want a purse? These shoes, don't you? How do you know that? I said, my wife. Purse, shoes, whatever. I said, just get your handful. I gave away all the $14,000. All the way around. It was wonderful. It was great. I came back. Can I say, what you do with the money? I said, I gave it away. I said, now, I go home, and I can't go in my front yard because, I don't mean it's private. I have a wrought iron fence around my house and all this kind of crazy stuff. And Kathy decorates really good for Christmas and stuff like that. And, but it's always in the back. I said, that's it. I'm going out in the front. I want to look at that door the way she did that door and all that kind of stuff. I walk out there, and this pickup truck come by. Slam the brakes on, and jumps out of his truck and goes, Merry Christmas, brother Jesse! And I didn't know who he was. I said, Merry Christmas. And he threw $5,000 over the fence. $100 bill flying all over my yard. I said, I ain't telling Kathy nothing on this here. <laughs> Man, my pockets are stuffed with 100 bucks. She walked in, she said, what's in your pocket? Uh, I said, somebody just threw $5,000 over the fence. She said, give me that money. I gave her the money. I ain't seen it since, Nancy. I don't know where it is. 
I don't mean that. I have to watch what I say. Because see, it's God said, let's just bless him. I just want to, see, that's why I can't tell my daughter no. And I can't tell my, 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 my granddaughter, I just want to bless them. I'm going to tell you something you're not going to believe. I've been preaching 46 years and God has never told me no. Not one time. Now he's did some things I didn't understand. I said, why'd you do that? He said, that's what fathers do. I had to learn, see. See, that's what I mean by that secret place. Not to go and pray, which is good. Conversation. And God will begin to tell you past, present, and future the things that are going to happen. And expanded life will always bring an intensity of conviction and passion. Write this down. We must have divine, ideal, and infinite thoughts. Why? Let me say it again. We must have divine, ideal, and infinite thoughts. Why? So we can establish living truths in the hearts of people. See, your job is to establish living truths in the hearts of people. All nationality, color, and creed don't make no difference. You got to have infinite thoughts, divine, ideal things. In other words, you got to become interested. If you want to get people saved, (laughs) it ain't going to be going out on visitation on Thursday night. Knock on the door. Would you like to meet Jesus Christ as Lord of your life? He can come in your life and you can be just like me. No, 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 I I don't think that's going to work. One time I was home and three Jehovah Witnesses banged on my door. I opened that up and they went, hello. I said, hello, we are Jehovah Witnesses. I said, so am I. Come on in here. They went, you Jehovah Witness? I said, oh God, if anybody witness for Jehovah, I do. Man, I started preaching to them. They said, oh no, you're not the Jehovah Witness. We know. <laughs> and I mean, now I'm following them down the street. Wait, wait, wait. It was great. I came to establish a truth. Establish a truth. That's why they must be divine, ideal, and infinite. These thoughts so we can establish living truths in the hearts of people. And God will use all kinds of ways to do it. I like cowboy boots. I thought I'd wear my jeans and I like, a, you know, because I've always wanted to move to Texas. And, and the Lord said, Jesse, you're a Cajun. You can't put an alligator on the prairie. You got to stay in the swamp, boy. I said, all right. So I went, you might have heard this story. I stopped at this little gas station. And I had a pair of boots. I, I got a lot of boots and things. I said, make a long story short. I uh, walked in to pay, you know, for my gas. And it, it was owned by a Muslim. He goes, ooh, that's some pretty boots. I said, you like them boots? He said, yes, I do. I said, Jesus, give me them boots. He said, who give you them boots? I said, Jesus, give me them boots. He said, Jesus, give you those boots? I said, does Muhammad ever give you any boots? No, 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 Muhammad never. Muhammad never give me no boots. He said, Jesus, give you those boots? I said, Jesus, give me them boots, man. I said, Muhammad never give you no boots. Oh, no, no, Muhammad never give me no boots. So I paid it. And I now, I had, at that time, 14 vehicles at my ministry. I went home and put on another pair of boots, went to the ministry. I said, give me one of the ministry vans. I drove back to fill them up. I walked in with a different pair of boots on. He goes, ooh, ooh, look at those boots. I said, Jesus, give me them boots. Jesus, give me those boots. I said, did Muhammad ever give you any boots? No, no, Muhammad never give me I did it 14 different times because I got a lot of boots, you know what I'm saying? My God, the man wanted to be a Christian to get a pair of boots. 
and my last one, man, I had that big truck, pull that thing, sixteen foot bed or whatever, eighteen foot. He go, Mom, Jesus give me them boots. I said, Mama, they give me no, Mama, they give me no boots. I said, Well, if you like boots, not only will Jesus give you some boots, he'll give you his life. And it shocked him. I said, you can talk to him and know without a shadow of a doubt that you'll make heaven your home because you don't know because you never know what Allah is going to do. Am I correct? This is correct. I said, think about it. Can I come to your church? Oh, yes. Come in time. You're welcome. Anybody can come except the devil. We don't want him in there at all. See, that's a divine ideal and infinite thought. You got to touch people got to establish the truth in them. Why? The expanded life. This is not an evangelist message. This is a Christian's message to get this light out. Write this down. Your authority is impossible apart from your association with Christ. Your authority is impossible apart from your association with Christ. Heaven knows the voice of authority. See, when you know in whom you have believed, when you consider not, stagger not, and you're fully persuaded. Now that authority starts functioning. Let me say it again. Your authority is impossible apart from your association with Christ. Hearers know the voice of authority. You see, you got to understand something about what God did for you. So wonderful. He didn't put his name on us. He did that to Gabriel and Michael and all the angels and the seraphims and the cherubims and the wheel within the wheel. He didn't put his name on you. He didn't put his name around you. He put his name in you, Christ in you, the hope of God in you. You are become his family. You're not a servant, but a son and a daughter that serves. That's why Satan hates you. See, Satan couldn't figure out why God would use the weakest thing he ever created to control him. But the Bible said, when you're weak is when you're strong. When you're strong, you're strong. When you're weak, you're strong. You're always strong because when you're weak, you're strong. Don't complicate this. You know, children are born believers until you teach them the doubt. Don't. Don't. You see, Christ in you, that name. Oh, man. My name is Jesse Duplantis Christ. He hates that. And God gave Adam Lucifer's job. What? I love space. God, man, I'm interested in all that, you know. And, uh, but you got to remember at one time he put angels over those things. Lucifer was not, Satan was not in heaven when he sinned. He was here. He said, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt myself above the most high God. I will sit in the congregation of the north. He was on earth ruling and reigning. What was he ruling and reigning? If we could excavate the bottom of the oceans, we'd find that. But angels blew it. So he gave it to men, gave Lucifer's job to Adam. Sin's terrible. Do you know the most beautiful woman God ever created was Eve? She was called the mother of all living. Can you imagine? And talk about one good looking man. But I'm going to give you a little revelation. This is in the conversation. When Adam saw Eve, after they sinned, he went, God, what happened Eve? What happened, Adam? 
minds decay. Think about that for a minute. Beautiful, both of them. Call it handsome, beautiful, whatever you want. But after sin, what happened? We're not the same. You see what I'm saying? Because his sin went all the way down because of man's dominion over all the works of God's hand. It hit the animal kingdom. It hit the vegetable kingdom because the ground had to be cursed. But Jesus came. But the problem with the world, they love the first Adam more than the second Adam. I just happen to love the second Adam more than the first Adam. Because for what he did for me, I'm not trying to pay him back because I can't. But I can certainly live for him. Mm. So I use that authority. Yeah. When I do business. Now I'm a pretty good businessman. They say that. I got these uh, hedge fund gurus on Wall Street say, you need to quit that preaching business and get on the street because you know the street. I said, no, I ain't doing that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but you know, oh, I know how to make money. Money ain't no problem to make. It's keeping it. <laughs> That's what the problem is. If you can't make it in America, you're not going to make it anywhere else. If you try to make it in China, they're going to take it away from you. You see what I'm saying? But when you understand this authority in you, uh, Nancy told me some person was healed of cancer. Was it stage four? Yeah. I don't care what stage it is. Who is that man? There was a man. He was singing in the choir. He said, is that you, sir? Stay right there. Stay right there. I'm going to walk back to you. Because I want to tell you something. A doctor just told me I have an immune system like a freight train. Everything I touch, I've never been sick ever. So give me your hands. And I'm going to pray for that. My immune said, listen, the anointing of God's on me. You understand? you understand what I'm saying, mister? You're already here. That's not the issue. But I'm going to command themselves to stand up like military soldiers. And that immune said, Jesus, I thank you. I release this anointing of healing that's in my hand. I thank you, God, that your word is true and that his immune system will stand up strong, strong. And God, I wouldn't mind him seeing your coming. I decree and declare it today. I release that right now. In the name of Jesus, in his body, in his body, in the name of Jesus, that his immune system will stand up. Nothing by any means can touch it in Jesus' name. Give the Lord a hand clap for that. Just had to do that. Praise God. We had to do that. <laughs> the Lord told me that. He said, place your hand on him. I asked the doctor, he said, you got immune system like a freight train. I never sick. Have you ever saw me sick? Reggie, how long you been knowing me? Long time, huh? Yeah. You ever saw me sad? Discouraged. This depressed. Despondent. <laughs> Expanded life. To know this Jesus, this Christ in us. Oh, man. You see, an expanded life speaks more of our responsibilities and opportunities than of our rights and privileges. I never talk about my rights and privileges. I talk about my responsibilities and opportunities. Write that down. An expanded life speaks more of our responsibilities and opportunities than of our rights and privileges. People say, what about this COVID stuff? I had the, uh, a senator from the state of Louisiana. I really like him, you know, he's a nice man. And um, to make a long story short, he said, uh, Reverend, they, they'll call me Reverend Doctor, you know, something like that. I said, my name is Jesse. Just call me Jesse. That's my name. 
I don't call, I know, I don't call Jesus Reverend Christ. I call him Jesus. He called me Jesse. You'll understand that if you have conversations. He said, well, what do you think about this COVID? I said, Senator, it's not your job to protect my life. That's my job. It's your job to protect my rights. That's what we elected you for. So you go to Washington, D.C., you protect my rights. I'll protect my life. He just, because, you know, if you don't want to go somewhere, you just don't go. I had some people say, I'm going to wear a mask. Wear one. I don't bother, that doesn't bother me. What about vaccination? What, you want to get vaccinated? Get vaccinated. I believe in vaccination and, in, and I believe in immunization. I believe in all that. But I'm an American. I don't like to be told to do it. We, call, we had a revolution to stop that. But I mean, I believe people ought to be taking care of themselves. Don't misunderstand me. I, I don't have a problem with any of that, you know. But what I'm saying is, don't, don't tell me that. I'm an American. We revolutionaries at heart. You don't want to mess with us. We're making an offer. You don't refuse. And we'll repent tomorrow, but you're going to have some problems today. See, so I prefer in this expanded life, speak more of my responsibilities and my opportunities than of my rights and privileges. You, You see, so I know what's right for me. That's not the issue. And, you know, and if I believe in something, I'm not like a pit bull dog. I bite down. I ain't turning loose. Why? Because I believe it. Well, suppose they kill you. Okay. I'll go to heaven. One man says, suppose you got the COVID and you died. I said, go to heaven. What's wrong with that? Suppose I stay. I still go to heaven. It doesn't make any difference. I'm going to complete my destiny and reach my destination. You understand what I'm saying? So if you ever hear that I died of that, it's because I let myself. What? Let me tell you something. Death and life is in the power of what? Ah, that's why some people believe in for healing all the time. I mean, all of a sudden you can tell if you've been a pastor, you've been around, people start, something comes in that room. And that's Jesus himself saying, I'll heal you. You go back to your family or you can come with me. They ever see Jesus, they ain't coming back to Marietta. Right. Nothing wrong with Marietta. You see what I'm saying? And that's why people don't understand that. You get it, man, you, 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 you lay your eyes on Jesus. He's between 5'11 and 6'1. I thought his hair was my color until he turned his head and it's light brown. Put his hand on his shoulder. People say, I don't believe that. I don't care. I don't mean that rudely. It's a fact. It was one. Why you? I don't know. John Osteen said, why did you take that cage in, to heaven? And you know how much I want to go. Well, he's, he went. Yeah. <laughs> now you can go by the way of the grave. Or you can go, there's a generation won't see death. I was at Brother Copeland's house one time and we were sitting down talking. And I said, Kenneth, I want to ask you something. I said, do you remember? I was on the board of Regents of Oral Roberts University, you know, with Kenneth and Jerry. And Oral told us that you're not a success without a successor. And I believe that. I don't believe that anymore. But I believe, I believe that then. I'm going to tell you why. It's, I said, it makes total sense. But see, God is not in the realm of sense. God is spirit. So, uh, I thought, hmm. or told me that. So I asked the Lord about maybe, I don't know, 
four, five, six, seven years ago. I said, Lord, who's my successor? I mean, I mean, it's, 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 it's a worldwide ministry. It's got 422,000 partners. Preaching 2.9 billion people in 14 different languages and broadcast television. I don't mean that pridefully, just the way it is. I said, Lord, who's my successor? And how he answered this, Nancy, blew my socks away. He said, there's a whole generation won't need one. He said, there's a whole generation won't see that. Now he didn't say that I'm gonna be the generation that see him coming. But why would he answer that question like that? So when I was at Kenneth's house, uh, excuse me, I mean, Brother Copeland's house when I'm in a pulpit, you know, I said, uh, Brother Copeland, listen. I said, remember when old Robert was told that, that you're not a successful? I said, yeah, yeah. I said, I don't believe that no more. Now Kenneth does this. You know, he kind of lets his hand swing a little bit. He said, why? I said, I asked the Lord about that. And he said, there's a whole generation won't need one. And I saw Kenneth go. And, and there's a whole generation won't see that. He said, Jesse, and he, he named some. He said, I thought these were my successors. They're not. I said, Kenneth, you may be the last person that runs Kenneth Copeland Ministries. I may be the last person that runs. I'm not saying it is, but why would he answer it like that? Anybody got any revelation on that one? I'll take it. I mean, because, you know, why would he say? He could have said, well, you know, this and that, but he didn't. He just said there's a whole generation won't need one. And, you know, and I, and I mean, listen, I could have retired 20 years ago, go to Hawaii and suffer for Jesus <laughs> for the rest of my life. I don't have time for that. The gospel must be preached to the world. So an expanded life speaks more of our responsibilities and our opportunities than of our rights and privileges. Yeah. When God told me that Kathy would pastor the church, I've never had a problem with a woman pastor. I've, I've been around strong women all my life. I mean, my, my grandparents, oh God, my, my two grandmas, I mean, little bitty one. One was four foot nine. The other was four foot 11. If you stack them, they didn't make a whole person. I mean, they just little. <laughs> <laughs> but, they, but they were powerful, buddy. They ran the family. My mother, whoo, man, powerful. My wife, powerful. My daughter, Jody, powerful. My granddaughter, Meredith, gonna be 14, powerful. I need prayer. <laughs> I ain't got a chance. And I had one man say, well, I don't think women ought to preach. You know, because especially the whole office of a pastor. And I looked at the fool and I said, let me ask you something. <laughs> Have you ever been out and eat dinner at somebody's home? He said, yeah. I said, did a lady cook the food? Yeah. I said, did you enjoy it? He said, yeah. What do you get to it? I said, did you go back for seconds? Yeah. I said, so she cooked it. I said, could you cook it like that? No. I said, well, if she can feed you physically, why can't she feed you spiritually? I mean, what's your problem? I said, your problem is pride because she can preach better than you. John Hager told me that his mama, when she preached, jam-packed. His father was the pastor of the church. He said, you could shoot a shotgun and not hit anybody when his dad preached. 
Boy, when my mama Hagin preached, the whole place packed standing up. What's wrong with that? So when Kathy said, I'm called to preach this gospel, I said, preach, that's fine with me. I have no problem with that whatsoever. Why? Why not? I just want to hear the word. Just tell me, tell me something. Tell me something good. <laughs> tell me, tell me. You know, why not? See, when you understand what I just said, you'll understand fullness of spiritual life. Fullness of spiritual life is the guarantee of spiritual power. Write that down. Fullness of spiritual life is the guarantee of spiritual power. So man, if people got something to say, I don't care. I don't care if it's a dog, anything. If, if, he's, if that dog talking about God, I'm going to listen. You see what I'm saying? And I've been around some pretty good Holy Ghost dogs. I just come out of a church in Ohio Sunday. They got a dog there named Ebony. The black poodle standard, big one. Ebony loved God, boy. Ebony is the church dog. Ebony has her whole church to herself. She comes in like it and sits down about from me to you. And you start singing, boy. And then you start preaching. I said, everybody bow your head. Ebony, bow your head and put a cross up on. Ebony, I believe saved. Glory to God, man. Ebony knows God. We had another friend had a German shepherd named Samson. Remember? Oh my God. Now Samson loved to eat. He German shepherd, but he had to pray over the food first. Man, he put the food down there. Samson. He said, we got to pray. Samson, bow your head. Mm. The dog by his head. Cross his phone. Oh Lord, bless Samson food. You can't going like not too long. Come on. Come on. Keep this going. Remember that guy that told? In Jesus name, bless Samson food. Amen. And then he ate it. Am I telling the truth? It's amazing. Well, when we went to heaven, I saw animals, horses, dogs, cats. Now, I ain't saying your dog went to heaven. I ain't saying that. Because we had a dog named Bojack, and he went to hell. He had to go to hell. <laughs> Kathy said, no, Bojack, no. <laughs> Bojack had a lot of lust in his life. We just had to, get, had to, get, had to watch Bojack, you know. <laughs> I'm sorry, Kathy. Look at you. Don't you talk about my dog. <laughs> it's, it's okay for some of you to laugh. Some of you are Baptists, you don't want to laugh. You're going, it's okay. It's okay. Fullness of spiritual life is the guarantee of spiritual power. I love the spiritual power. That's expansion the breath of Christianity. Get this gospel preached to the world we get out of here. Boy, it's going to be a wonderful time. One man told me this the other day. I don't believe in the rapture. I said, stay here. Stay. Jesse going out on the first load, man. You do what you got to do. Why would you want to stay? I don't know. When you understand that expansion is the breath of Christianity, and I close with this, that the master thought of life must be your expansion in Christ. I will be stronger tomorrow than I am today. I grow daily, not just Sunday. The master thought of life must be your expansion in Christ. About eight, nine months ago, Brother Coleman gave me a wonderful prophecy. 
I was at I was at Eagle Mountain International Church. I had just preached. We were eating lunch after on Sunday. Me and Kenneth and Gloria and uh, George and Terry and stuff like that. We're having a nice time. He said, "The Lord told me to tell you something, Jesse. I have him. He's the one. I, I made him start doing this stuff. Uh, if you come into the executive offices, all our partners, we ask them to send us pictures. They're all over the walls." in the partner offices, down the halls, all around the air, just thousands, just everywhere. He said, the Lord told me to tell you that you won't have enough room on the walls to put the pictures of the partners. I thought, okay, praise the Lord. The first thing I thought, now, well, what am I going to do with that? What am I going to do with this? You know, Because I'm a man that has plan A through Z. So the devil throws a, a curve, I go to B. And see, he gets confused very easily. He's not a faith devil, he's a flesh devil. He, he, he can never tempt you in the spirit because he's spiritually dead. You want me to prove that to you? You ever been tempted to tithe? Has anybody ever been tempted to tithe? Has any pastor ever heard somebody say, man, you need to pray for my man. This temptation to tithe is about ready to get me. No. You know why? Because tithing is a spiritual concept. He don't learn about that. He can only tempt you in the flesh. So, you know, I was believing with Brother Copeland and myself for a million partners, you know. And I was in a conversation with the Lord the other day. When I said the other day, it was about maybe four, five, six months ago. He said, can I ask you a question, Jesse? On these million partners? I said, yeah. He said, why would you limit me? <laughs> I said, any number's a limit. He said, that's correct. Any number. I said, I'm not going to say that no more. He said, good. Just let me do what I want to do. I said, I'm yours to command, Lord. And I say the same thing that Jesus said. Lord, I only want to say what you say and do what you do. I'm not looking to be a big preacher. I'm five foot seven. That'll never happen. I said, I'm not interested in any of that kind of stuff. I'm interested in, hello, Jesus. Hi, Jesse. And it's so wonderful to expand daily instead of Sunday and have that intensity of conviction. Do you ever get depressed or discouraged? No. Why, why would I? Let me show you something about this book. You see this? I just hugged Jesus. In the beginning was the word. I'm hugging him in physical form. What I love about John, he didn't do like Matthew, Mark, and Luke. They started with the incarnation, which is great. Not John. See, John was closer. He started in the beginning. Oh, God. What's the word? Oh, now he's taking it all the way back. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among men. So I told the Lord, for me to effectively preach some things, I have to go there. I have to see these things. You're going to have to show me these things. Like I preached one time on the Ten Commandments. I said, Lord, I've seen Charlton Heston. And, you know, with the fire and all that kind of stuff. I said, that's good. That's us to be the mill. That guy was great. I said, but for me to effectively preach this, to make people to understand what it means that thou shalt not steal, I got to see you do that. He said, would you like to go back to that time? I said, I'm yours to come in. Ladies and gentlemen, it was instantaneous. I saw God with his finger writing in that stone. I saw Moses like this, 
tell you something, man. Oh, and I preached that sermon three days later, and they said, I, they said that people thought they were burning with fire. Not because I was a good preacher, because I don't think I am. What I think was, I saw it. So I could effectively give that to you. You see, and he says, I'll show you anything you want to see. I like you because you like to talk to me. I said, oh yeah. He woke me up the other night and I went, what? He said, nothing. I said, it's 3.30 in the morning. He said, I know what time it is. I said, what are you doing? He said, watching you sleep. I said, watching me sleep. He said, you know where I learned that from? I said, no. He said, you. I said, me? He said, remember when Jody was a little bitty baby and you'd come back out to them clubs and all that heathen stuff and you'd walk in that house and walk over to that little bassinet thing? And I'd look, see if she's sleeping. I can remember it like it was yesterday. And I, I could hear her breathe. He said, I do the same thing. He said, Jesse, you're not my adult. You're my child. See, we're not God's adults. We're God's children. Yes, we grow to the fullness of the stature of Christ. That's true. But we're his children. I told that to Jody the other day. I said, Jody, I don't care how old you get. You will always be my little girl. You, you might, you're my girl. I call her. I said, how are my girls doing? Yeah. And what I love about grandchildren, you get them young again. You get them as babies like they was the first time. It's just wonderful. That's what I'm saying. This expansion. He didn't make us keepers of aquariums. And a lot of you ministers are here. You're going to be held responsible for what you heard tonight. Because out of 7.8 billion people on this planet, he chose you. Now, what are the odds of that happening? No gambler in the world would gamble against it because the odds are too great. But he chose you because he knew you could do it. Chose you. Isn't that amazing? 7.8 billion people. And there you are with the gift of God in your life. And how can you revoke something that's irrevocable? When the gifts and the calling of God without repentance. I'll say one more thing and I'll close. It's hard to quit here, my God. Brother Copeland's been here. That's what it is. <laughs> so if I'm going long, it's your fault, Kenneth. I just want you to know. No, really. <laughs> He's a, such a wonderful, we're just great friends. I was reading in Hebrews a few years back. I said a few years, I get in these warped time wars about 25 years ago. And he said, if you willfully sin, there remain no remission of sin. That struck me, brother. I went, oh. So I start, I went, to, I, went to, I went to my secret place. I said, Lord, I need to talk to you about something. He said, what? I said, listen, I read in Hebrews that if you willfully sin, there remain no remission of sin for you. He said, that's right. I said, well, I did that. He said, no, you didn't. I said, I think I did. He said, no, you didn't. I said, maybe you didn't know. That's how I talked to God. I said, no, I willfully sin. He said, no, you didn't. He said, no one sins by themselves. I said, what did you say? He said, no one sins by themselves. I said, well, let me ask you another question. You made a plan of redemption for me. Why didn't you make a plan of redemption for Satan, for Lucifer? 
He said he was the anointed cherub that walked in the stones of fire. There was music in him. Tabrets that when he walked, uh, raging music played. This is phenomenal. He said, the reason why I didn't make a plan of redemption because he willfully said. I said, I willfully said. He said, no, you didn't. I said, I think I did. I'm arguing with God. He said, no. He said, no one sins by himself. He said, Jesse, when sin, when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. Now, this is one of my conversations. I said, yes. He said, when sin hath conceived a birth, it bringeth forth death. Is that right? I said, yes. He said, the reason why you sin is you had a tempter. He said, Satan didn't. He didn't have a tempter. Look at Nancy. You're going to write that down. <laughs> he didn't have a tempter. He didn't have any of that. That's a willful sin. He said, I'll exalt myself above the most high God. See, you had a tempter and you fell. Thank God that we got God's grace and he helps us. But what I'm saying, he didn't have a tempter. So it, you could put it like this. If uh, a baby is around your coffee table and it knocks something over, you don't get mad at the baby because the baby don't know. But if your 22-year-old son come in and just kick it off the table, you go, come here, boy. See, that's a willful sin. You've never sinned by yourself. Now, once you've known the truth, there's a sin unto death and a sin not unto death. How do you know all this stuff? It's conversation. I know the difference between the angel of God and God himself. I know the name of the angel that was at the burning bush. His name is Metatron. How'd you get that? Conversation. And do you know them big rabbis? I said, let's talk Hebrew here. And he mentioned something. I went, whoa. Has you ever heard of Metatron? That is in, yes. How did you know that? So we got into it, man. And I, I, got, I got the Talmud. I got the Babylonian one. I got that Jerusalem. I got all this stuff. They are so impressed. You have what we have. I want to know. I want to know. And you can know. How do I know? Ask anything in my name. That name. When Moses wanted to see him, he said, you can't see me, you'll die. But I'm going to pass by and let you see my goodness. You know what he saw, Moses? He saw Nancy, the friend. She good. He saw Regine. She good. He saw me. He saw you. He saw us all. And you know what was happening when that was going on? God himself was proclaiming his names. He has over 70 of them. Speaking his name, man. Go read it. Oh, it'll blow you away. Boy, I mean, Moses just, oh, man. That name. In me. Not on me. Not around me. In me. I'm Jesse Duplantis, and I approve this message. (laughs) Stand to your feet. Would you pray with your head up and your eyes open? Let's just pray in the Holy Ghost for a minute. Regine, the Lord told me something to tell Sophia. 
when you get home, you can tell her. He said, tell her if she'll give God more time in her own little life. I'll make her a singing career she's never thought she could ever have. I'll open doors she never thought she would walk through. I'll put angelic sounds in her voice. There's some things I want to do with her. You train a woman, that's a blessing. He said, but she has a destiny and destination. She knows a little of it. But if she just give me a little bit more time, not in prayer, in conversation, I'll begin to deal with her concerning her future and all the ability to get that done. That's from the Lord Jesus Christ. You tell her that. People keep praying with me. Come on. Just pray. I need a couple of ushers to help me if you don't mind for just a second. Come on, just keep praying. Can I pray for you, sir? Stand out right there. Lift your hands up. He said, he's not asking me for enough. I got to do things quick. I need you to ask me big. Don't worry about what anybody says. Ask me big because I'm a big God and I want to do this quickly. But don't slow down my time by asking me just for enough. Ask me big in Jesus' name. Touch him, Lord. Bless him, God, in Jesus' name. Come on, people, keep praying with me. Receive that, brother. Can I pray for you, sweetheart? Would you come? Just lift your little hands up. He said, tell her I heard her the first time she prayed. Things hadn't been easy. You keep a lot of things to yourself. Since you're a young girl, but I heard you the first time. He said, say it in English. He said, tell her she can live as long as she wants. It's all within her mouth. He said, tell her when I look, her, look at her, it warms my heart. It blesses me. He said, say it in English. That's hard, Lord. He said, tell her at 3.30 this afternoon, we will have your name before my throne. And we were talking about you. Surprise, surprise, surprise. Oh, you're going to get blessed. Jesus, touch her, Lord. Say behind her, brother. Touch her. Just hold on to her. People, lift your hands up and thank God for that. Come on, keep praying with me. Keep praying with me. Come on, just thank the Lord. Come on, keep praying. Just give me just a minute or two and then I'll be finished. Come here, little man. I want to pray for you. Can I do that? What's your name again? Come on, hold your hand. Look at me. I would never lie to you. Listen to me. You're special. No, you. I got a, a, a job for you to do that only you can do it out of all these people on the planet. I was there when you was born. I give you a tender heart. You're going to see things like you've never seen before. I will visit you. I have some things to tell you myself. It'll be in visions and dreams, but not too far in the distant future. It'll be just like Brother Jesse talking to you. You will physically see me. I'll put myself in a form that you'll understand and know. I've anointed your mouth and anointed your tongue. You, you, you're pulling faith out of me right now. You're pulling what's in my, out of my hands into your hands. 
Jesus, this child's got faith, boy. He's very inquisitive. He want to know. He said, I'm going to tell you things that no adult has ever heard. And he's going to say some things that find you're going to have to be like Mary, ponder it in your heart. Because he's going to talk future. It's coming. And not when he's a man. When he's a child. Jesus touched this little man. Bless him, God. Help him, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, I thank you for it. I believe you for it. I call it done in the mighty name of Jesus. People, lift your hands up and thank God for that. Would you do that? Come on, lift your hands up and thank God for that. Can I pray for you, sweetheart? Come here. Just help me. Somebody stand behind her. Lift your little hands up. How, how old are you, sweetheart? Fourteen. Fourteen. I used to be fourteen. It's good. A lot of people notice you. Sometimes it's not easy being pretty. Sometimes it's not. Because other people have other things on their mind. But I called you. I made you sensitive. You also wonder about a lot of things. I have your life in my hand and your destiny. I'll show you what to do, when to do it, where to do it, and how to do it. Oh, yes. I, I, I look down at your feet and see mud on your feet. Mud? What's mud? He said, I'm going to have her walk in places she never thought she would walk in. But when she put her foot on that ground, it will become her ground. And the dirt that's on her feet will be residue for other people to receive real estate and land. I got some great things I want you to do for me. You may not understand it all, but you will. I see someone standing behind you, but I, I can't see who it is. And it's, it, it, it's a man, but I don't, I don't know. He said, that's future. But her life is completely planned out from its beginning until she stands before me. He said, tell her I want to do this. And she will complete it. Should I say that? He said, tell her I have a lot of money. <laughs> a lot of money. You can never break me. And you'll always have more than you need or you desire or you want. And I'm going to tell you why. Because I want to be the blessing to you. Jesus, touch her. Touch her, Lord. Just put her there. People, pray with me. Come on. Thank the Lord. Little man, lift your hands up right there. I will put a fire inside of you like John the Baptist. I will put a fire in you that when people get around you, they'll smell holy smoke. I'm going to do some things for you. You're going to go in places that no one else would go in. And because of the fire that's in your spirit, you will actually heal those places. Sin will not be able to stand in front of you. It'll run from you in seven ways. 
I call you into this thing today and I'll set two angels in front of you and two angels behind you all the days of your life. They will never leave your presence because you unique and you also different and you love me and I enjoy that you love me. You want to do some things? You get ready, young man. You're about to ready to work like you've never worked before in your life. And you'll change people that are prejudiced by the love of God that's in your heart. So be of good cheer, young man. You're at the right place, at the right time, at the right season to do the right thing. Somebody shout over that. Come on, give the Lord a great God bless. You. you know, people get nervous when you walk down aisles. They start repenting, oh Jesus. <laughs> Come on, pray with me a little bit longer than that. That'll be fine. Hi, sweetheart. Can I pray for you, please? Would you come right here? Thank you. Just lift your hands up, stand by. Yes! She'll get it. The Lord just told me, he said, I'm going to tell him myself. Come here. Lift your little hands up. I don't even know what this means. He said, tell, lay your hands on it and tell her, yes, yes, yes. She knows. God's touching children tonight. Hi, sweetheart. What's your name? Natalie. What's that? Natalie. Okay, lift your little hands up. Oh. This is so holy. Speak it. It will be revealed to you in a dream, not with words, but with images. Do you know her? Yeah. Who is she? You don't, you, you don't. Remember this. Not with words, images. Oh, Satan wants this child. She's dangerous to him. Come here, He said, I will put a wall of angels around and he will never touch her. And purity will flow from her. Like refreshing water. Bless her, Jesus. Touch her, Lord. People, lift your hands up and thank God. Remember that, Mama. Okay, remember that. That's good. The past never sees the future. Why are you dealing with the past? The past don't need the future. Never sees it. Yeah, he said, tell her, I have no idea what she did in the past. I didn't cover it. I washed it away. People have tried to condemn you too. 
They're jealous. They're envious. <laughs> Youth also struggle with being pretty. People. I don't know what this means, honey, because the Lord hadn't revealed it to me. He said, but tell her everything going to be all right. This year. This year. Jesus, touch her. Touch her, Lord. People, lift your hands up and bless the Lord. Oh, Holy Ghost in here, isn't he? <laughs> in the One more, boys, down this aisle here. Kael Resoto. Pray with me in the Holy Ghost if you don't mind. Head up and eyes open if you don't mind. Come on, pray in the Holy Ghost. Lift your hands up, sweetheart. Look at me. I see you at the throne of God. He said, Jesse, you tell her and she'll remember. I will, she will work for me at my throne. She will be on that throne. Because she has an intense desire. And I don't want her anywhere else. I want her close to me. And I'm going to have you see things you never thought you would see here and there. Breathe on our Lord. That's, that's beautiful there. Good Lord, that's beautiful. Lift your hands up and thank the Lord, would you? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. This is for the whole church. The Lord said, keep me busy tonight. Ask of me. I can handle anything you can ask. The Lord just told me, he said, my father just said, tell them to ask him. And he'll speed up the time. Speed up the time. Can he do that? Jesus sped up the time for Mary at the wedding of Cana. She asked him about that wine, wine situation. He, he said, woman, it's not my time. But, you know, mamas don't take that. She went up and said, do whatever he tell you to do. He sped up the time. The Lord said, if they'll ask me, my father said he'll speed up the time. And if somebody should criticize the things that I'm going to do for all of you in this year, let them say what they want. It's me doing that. Okay. The Lord said, tell them the reason why I never told Jesse no. Because he's never told me no. Other than one time is when he called me to preach. Remember that guy? 
I said, you got the wrong man. For one solid year, I want you to pray. I said, God, I'm not qualified. I hadn't been to Bible school. I've been to hell and back, you know. I was a very baby Christian back then. He asked me for a solid year. And the next year, in the first week of January, I went down to that altar. Because he kept telling me, you go down to that altar and you ask me for a ministry. This is back in the 70s. Oh, Lord. I thought, I'm going to say something wrong. Somebody get messed up. I, I, I don't know nobody. I don't know nothing. And I repented. And I went down that year. <laughs> and I said, Lord, give me the ministry. And during that year, people were calling me. Remember that? Would you come and speak because of my testimony? You know, being a rocker and all that kind of stuff. And I turned it all down. When I committed myself, I didn't get one phone call for a solid year. <laughs> Not one. That's nothing. It's like it dried up and just shut down. So the next year, on the same week in January, I said, Lord, I said, yes. He said, you made me wait. <laughs> Remember when I told you that guy? He said, you like that, Jesse? I said, no. He said, never, ever make me wait again. And I never have. Whole year to the day. You made me wait. I had the shock look on my face. I said, that's true. I sure did. And when I said that, that was on a Sunday morning. Sunday night, I was speaking in a place. That afternoon, the Lord spoke to me and asked, would you come? And I went out there with fear and trembling, sweat running down the back of my legs. I just didn't know what to say. He said, you won't say anything. I'll use your mouth. Every decision I've ever made in my ministry and in my life, I have done on St. John 16, 13. Every one of them. How be it, when the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you in all truth. He can't miss it. You may be able to miss it, but if you let him guide you, and why he can't miss it, he says, I only say what I hear the Father says. So that's all I do. I only say what he says and do what he does. It's been an honor and a pleasure to be here. Nancy, I can't thank you enough for allowing me to stand behind this holy pulpit. Y'all have been so courteous and kind. When they wrote me, I, I mean, didn't have much time. I said, I want to do this, and I, if I can, but I'm a man of covenant. I'm a man of loyalty. So I called. What, what do you think? I, I, you know, I, I, I just wanted to know. And it was such a wonderful response. I said, and my, my evangelist, evangelist staff, my, my office said, you can't do this. I said, don't you ever tell me I can't do something. I said, I may not be able to do a morning, but I can do that night. 
We're yours to command. So we came tonight, and I was really looking forward to it. And it's just been an honor, and I thank you. It's just, just good to know the Lord. So ministers, get ready, because work is about ready to start. Our theme for this year is St. John 14, 12. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do. You got to believe on him. Not just know him, believe on him. That he do shall he do also, and greater than he shall he do. And if you look at Brother Copeland's thing, you know, about, about uh, a correction, protect, to go do the work. You hear Brother Jerry Savelle, the God of the open hand, to do what? To do the work. Let's do this work so we can get out of here. I would love for that to happen tonight. I wouldn't have to fly home. And all you that hate me about the jet, if the rapture happens tonight, you can have it. It costs $37 million. Now, I didn't pay that because I, I serve a Jewish God. <laughs> That's what it costs brand new. I'm telling you, it's gone. You can have it. I could care less. But there's too, more, too much work to be done. Thank you. Would you give Jesus a hand clap as Nancy comes? We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, become a partner, or visit our online store. This program has been made possible by the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries.